You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast with Brian Weber. It's a talk show. We talk. And former Pro Bowl Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart. Hey, get your popcorn ready. NFL No Huddle airs live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on the NFL on TuneIn, your everything audio app. Hello and welcome to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. I'm Brian Weber alongside Cordell Stewart. On today's podcast, we're going to get you ready for all the marquee matchups coming up on Sunday in Week 8. Plus, we'll provide your fantasy fix. And Brian, let's kick off the podcast today with former NFL safety and first-in-goal analyst Nick Ferguson. Nick, in your view, should Kiko Lonzo be suspended for that hit on Joe Flacco? Absolutely. We watched uh, in the Green Bay Packer game against uh, Chicago Bears, uh, Danny Trevathan for a hit on Devontae Adams. Uh, he was fined and he was suspended the game. And if this is where we're going as far as the protection of players uh, from the NFL, then uh, Kiko Alonso himself should be held in those same uh, regards because this is the way I, I, I saw the play. And I know how crazy it is for uh, defenders and me being an aggressive uh, guy in the secondary myself. When a quarterback, and they've changed the rules, if a quarterback dives head first, we know he's trying to get that first down. We know he's not giving up himself. But they've changed the rules to try to protect the quarterback and say, well, if he goes into a slide and we mark the ball where his rear end touches the ground, then you cannot aggressively attack that guy. So I, I, I went back and watched it. I freeze-framed the hit. So Flacco was actually on the ground. Kiko, you can see him bearing down, lowering his shoulder to make contact. If he was feeling as though, well, Flacco started his slide too late, there still is time for Kiko to actually dive over Joe Flacco. But you can see if you go back and watch it yourself, he starts to lower his head and his shoulder to make more contact. And there is another play which further only drives the point across that Kiko Alonso was wrong. The Ravens are moving towards the end zone. Flacco is not the quarterback. Mallet is in. Uh, there's a fumble. The ball goes into the end zone. I believe one of the Ravens receivers, Chris Moore, recovers the ball. In comes Kiko Alonso. Moore is clearly in the end zone with possession inside the end zone. Now he's doing the same thing on that play as he did to Joe Flacco, attacking the head in that case. And it's just like, well, if you're saying, well, that's something that I don't do, Flacco was into a slide too late, so I was trying to protect myself, and I was already there. Well, to me, it's like you being a repeat offender. You do the same thing in the same game, and I can believe the officials didn't really do anything in the game. So, yes, he should be fined, and he should have at least miss the game, just like Danny Javathan had to miss the game. Now, I won't deny uh, there's a potential chance he'll get suspended because if you look at Danny Trevathan on Devontae Adams and that hit, I get that. I get the fine and all that good stuff. But when it comes to a quarterback having the football, you know, and being a former quarterback, I am considered as a runner of the football. I'm not considered as a quarterback running the football. I am a runner who's trying to get a first down. In this instance, for me, when I'm looking at your screenshot on Twitter, he is now approaching the ground while we see Alonzo already in his thrusting position to make a hit on him. So what I would say, as a, and you know this as a defensive player, if you want to take that long to get on the ground, 
to determine if you're down or not, knowing you're trying to get a first down, it's my responsibility to stop you from moving forward of maybe getting that first down. So now I laid a hit first. I thought it was a good hit because he let with his shoulder. He didn't leave with his head. He let with his shoulder. And so now it's one of those questions of how do I go about my business with this runner of the football, even though he's trying to get down, but he was a half a second too late. I thought it was a good hit. I thought it was a great football play. But I, I also said it did deserve a flag at the end of the day, if that's where you choose to go with it. And at the same time, here it is. He may end up getting suspended. So I like the play. I thought it was Michael, a good play. Let, and I was let, a former let, quarterback. Let me stop you for a second. Okay. Take your time. Take your time. It's early. Take your time. Take your time. It's early. And, and, and I, 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 I know the rule, and the players all know the rules. And we've seen uh, the rules change. And, and every year they come in uh, with the referees and show you all the plays that occurred last year that were penalties that were not called and, and, and those uh, vice versa. And this play in a screenshot, and this is why I put it there. As you can see, the left butt cheek of Joe Flacco is already on the turf. And as you can see, also, Kiko Alonso is bearing down on Joe Flacco. And you can say, well, simultaneously. With shoulder. Simultaneously. Go ahead. Listen, I'm not a medical examiner, but the first thing that's on your head is your, attached to your neck is your head. So that's going to get there first before your shoulder. And Kiko is already starting to use his helmet as a weapon. So he can have any excuse. You can tell me right now. That so did he use his helmet or did he use his shoulder? Did he use his helmet or did he use his shoulder? Did he use his helmet or did he use his shoulder? You said he used his helmet. I thought he used his shoulder on that play, on yes, that tackle. He was, he, he, was, you, he was leading with his head. So when Flacco, his, his left butt cheek touched and he was leading back, Kiko Alonso moving with his head, missed and hit him with his shoulder. That's why he had to get the stitches in the left side of his ear because it's all about intent. As a defensive player, it's about what was your intent? What were you trying to do? And if this was tried in a court of law, which is, which is not, that is what the lawyer would say. What was Alonzo's intent? Although, Nick, his let me jump in because I agree with her. you, and I think a suspension is coming and warranted, and I think he should have been ejected last night. Here's the problem with intent. Intent implies forethoughts. We don't know what Kiko Alonso was processing mentally. So I'm with you. The optics were terrible, should have been suspended. Intent becomes a loaded word. Well, well, here's another thing, you know, that goes further than intent. Kiko Alonso has gone on record and saying that he's like the Ivan Drago of Rocky Four. And if we remember uh, the verbiage from the movie when uh, oh God, he was this dude is literal. Creed. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sing yeah, your song. Go ahead. Yeah, before, when he was fighting Apollo Creed, <laughs> oh he said... And he killed you know, Apollo. Keep going, uh, yes. Dr. Apollo all the way out. <laughs> if, if, he, if he dies, he dies. But Kiko is just like, well, if he gets hit and he gets hurt, he gets hurt. So when you make statements like that and then you follow up with what we're seeing from last night, it doesn't help your cause. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't help your cause. Well, the now cause it doesn't help, yourself. but you know when you played the game, were you trying to? Were you not trying to be Drago when you made hits, as in detach man from ball in a sense? You were trying to make sure he understood that his forward momentum was going to stop right there. And what I saw yesterday with, with, with Joe Flacco was he was a runner with the football because here it is, how many mobile quarterbacks in the National Football League you see don't get that call? How many? I've well, seen yeah, RG3 Cam don't Cam get the call. I've seen Cam call, Newton not get the call. 
Say it again. His size and they're always having those design runs for him. But he, but he's a runner though. He, see, everybody's trying to preface this debate on it's Joe Flacco because he's not a mobile quarterback. That doesn't matter when you get outside the box, the tackle box. You are a runner no, of Cordell, the football. He gave himself, he gave himself up. up. The but again, it goes changed. back to why is it? Because I want to I want to make sure these rulings are right, consistent. I'm going to Google the rule, fellas. You continue but hold on, to go but back But time and out. Forth. But time out, real quick. Before you go ahead and Google while I say mm. what I say. Go Google. Google. So when you get to the point where you get the mobile quarterback like Cam Newton, the former quarterback in his league in RG three, that does the same exact thing and they don't get the call. Why are we having this great debate? Cam is a big guy, right? Oh, God, here we go. Cam See, this, this is what dropped me nuts. Okay, go Cam ahead, go ahead. Sliding. Oh, you're he's killing not, me. He's not sliding. Last year in the, against the Denver Broncos, Cam Newton was sliding to the ground. Cecil, Cecil his father, came out and had a, a huge argument right. about the hits he was taking. And we you're said telling it was me? wrong last year, Cordell. We agreed with you. But there was no flag. Right, because the officials got it wrong. Okay, so so this is so they got it right this time, and they didn't get it right this time. They didn't go f- far enough. This in my was view, a clean it should have been ejection last night. There this was nothing, was a, I, I it, there's nothing clean about that hit. I know you would be web. I know you guys. I know you guys are together. But I'm going to help you two out. <laughs> I need the rule to be consistent. Don't allow it to be a non-mobile quarterback to get this, this. This let's just call it justice. But yet we get the mobile quarterback who doesn't get the same. That's okay, all I'm now, saying. That's not my argument. My, my argument is, per the rule, a quarterback outside the pocket, he is a runner. But the moment he goes into a slide... And I'll read it to you, Nick, I have in front of me. I, I have NFL.com, static content, public, I'll read you the whole thing, okay? Uh, I'm on subsection D now. When a runner, when a runner, Cordell, not quarterback, when a runner declares himself down by sliding feet first on the ground, a defender must pull up. Right was, there. I mean, I, all I know is with these rules that we have nowadays, the guys will pull a lot of muscles in their back, their hamstrings, their glute, the everything. Okay, everything. But I, 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 hey, you know, Nick, I understand that, brother. I get what you're saying. But what I'm saying to you and in, in, in your partner over here, and <laughs> Brian Weber, Weber with two Bs, is that was a simultaneous act to where he had an option. To either say, you know what, I'm gonna make sure he's down, or I'm just gonna walk and step over him and let him pass. He chose to play it, and he got a he got a penalty, okay, okay. and that's real, fine. Real quick, I, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna wrap this up for you guys. Oh, if I really appreciate case, you wrapping us up. Go ahead, do okay. your thing. If, if that is the case, <laughs> Kiko could have, like I said, jumped over him or just tagged him with his hand, but because his body is leaning down, he's trying to get as low as Joe Flacco because he's trying to make content. We'll make sure he doesn't get any further to get the first down, but go ahead. He's trying to impede his progress, but go ahead. He could have. I mean, you know the rule. The guy's giving up himself. So just tag him down. You know this. Well, no, I I don't know it. I don't know it because if we're going off the rule, I've seen it multiple times be inconsistent to where, to me, that ruling last night was a bad ruling. It was a bad flag because the other times I've seen this, it hadn't been the same. That's all I'm saying. What the refs should do from this standpoint the league should get on the refs and tell them when this happens in the game, if you have to go back to replay to figure it out, then do that. But this is a I can agree with that. And Nick, I can, agree, can. With that. Nick, I can they, agree with that. They could have gone under the hood and they could have consulted with New York City. And this and they this is why I agree with that. This is why I agree with that. Because the conversations, and you know this when you even played the game, and most defensive players, when the runner, the quarterback who that's a runner, runs the football, 
you're not thinking about him being a quarterback because sometimes they're just as fast or maybe faster than maybe over 60% of the guys on the defensive side of the football that's on the field at that time. So you end up applying the pressure for as a hit a little bit more. But I think they're becoming a little bit more lenient with this judgment, in my opinion, based on how the runner, the QB, the runners, the Aaron Rodgers, the Cam Newtons, so on and so forth, even, even Andrew Luck, when these guys are running the football and they commence to slide, that flag is sitting in the pocket a half a tick longer when it's the thought of maybe throwing it as opposed to a guy like a Joe Flacco who doesn't run that much. I think we've all seen this. We've all watched it. We all know it. It's just I need, when it comes to that judgment last night, for it to be consistent, not just for the non-mobile quarterback, but for every quarterback that gets outside of the pocket and, and, and commits himself to carry, to get a first down, and maybe even drop a shoulder a time or two. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. All right, let's end on a high note. Wow, that was like a Jerry Springer show. That was exciting. Yeah, ding, ding. And for once, I was not leading the charge there. More importantly, Nick, <laughs> is your wonderful bride ever having this baby? Are we still on baby watch? We we, we still still are on baby watch. I, I can't really control anything. Thank you. My wife ate this uh, so-called salad uh, that's supposed to help uh, increase or produce the baby. It didn't happen last night, so we need to call back and get that money back. But... <laughs> Uh, but that that is the idea. So we're, we're still waiting. Uh, I still plan on being next to you, your sidekick. Yes, sir. Talking to Cordell about the Jags on Sunday. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. And we'll be right back with more after this. Experience the excitement of the NFL as it happens with NFL First and Goal, exclusively on TuneIn Premium. From week one to week 17, jump in and out of the action every Sunday with Nick Ferguson and me taking you from game to game. We'll have home calls as teams are threatening to score. Fake it to block. Brady tosses. Touchdown! Hear every big play. Hear every game-winning drop. Here's a touchdown. Catch NFL first and goal every Sunday starting at 1 Eastern, only on TuneIn Premium. Upgrade today. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we continue on NFL No Huddle, the podcast, let's go round the league with Kevin Kugler of Westwood One Sports. Kevin, thanks so much for coming back on the show. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on with you guys. Always a pleasure. Understandably, given Cordell's time in Pittsburgh, we talk a lot of Steelers, and it feels like we're often talking about drama. This week, it's Martavis Bryant. In your view, do you think this team often deals with issues off the field, quote-unquote, based on having big personalities or perhaps as a reflection of the culture of the team? Well, it's probably a combination of both. I've found over the years with the NFL that there's no – it's rarely the, the one simple answer to anything, and I would guess that's the case here. Let me look. You've got – a guy in Martavis Bryant who hasn't exactly been able to keep himself out of the headlines or out of trouble over the course of his very young NFL career. And you have Juju Smith-Schuster, who is obviously a very talented guy and who the Steelers used a second-round pick for. So you're looking at a guy who's an up-and-comer versus a guy that has caused some hiccups for the Steelers. And Mike Tomlin strikes me and has struck me for over a decade as a very no-nonsense coach, kind of an old-school guy, which fits really well in, in Pittsburgh. And I, I think... If you get to the point where you're putting yourself above the team in a public setting, that doesn't strike me as something Mike Tomlin is going to be very excited about, and thus Martavis Bryant not going to see the field this weekend. And 
you're, you're going to see more and more already you have of Juju Smith-Schuster. And now that he's got his bike back, I feel like he's probably just going to be really fired up to play. Kevin, when watching the, the Detroit Lions, it's almost like you, you look at this football team, you say, you know what, they really do have an opportunity to be a really good football team. Defensively, they're playing very tough. Offensively, uh, with Matthew Stafford, you see him, he's making plays, and they're in many games, pretty much all the games that they're playing. But you are what your record says you, you are, and Bill, you know, Bill Parcell said it best. Why isn't this team actually playing the type of football that we all anticipate seeing them playing, considering that they do have pretty much the same pieces on this team? Now, I think a lot of things can be going into that. One thing is that the Lions have never been able to establish clearly a, a good, consistent run game, even though they've invested quite a bit in trying to get picks into running backs over the last couple of years. Amir Abdullah, who, of course, was banged up for most of last year with that foot injury. He's been the leading rusher this year, but he's the only guy who's been able to crack the 100-yard barrier as far as total yardage for a season. That's been really hard to get going consistently. You've not been able to marry a good run game with the quality passing game that Matthew Stafford has been able to show. Uh, it's a matchup that I'm kind of interested in seeing, quite honestly, is that how those Lions running backs are able to work against a Pittsburgh team that at times this year has shown to be a little bit porous against the run. Last week they had a pretty good game, I thought, against Cincinnati, but Joe Mixon had a couple of big plays. And I think if you could ever figure out a way in Detroit to marry a consistent running game with a passing game that can be and has shown to be pretty talented over the years, I think you'd have something. But now you've got this run game that they're trying to establish. Golden Tate's questionable for this weekend. They bring Jace Billingsley off the practice squad because they're worried about him. You may see a little better running game this weekend, but the passing game may be down a little bit because you're losing your best weapon on the offensive side from a wide receiver standpoint in Golden Tate if he's not able to go. Getting you fully lined up for Sunday Night Football with one of the best in our industry. It's Kevin Kugler of Westwood One Sports. Kev, when you think about the balance of power in the NFC North, when Aaron Rodgers went down with that broken collarbone, felt like it changed everything. So how big of an opportunity do the Lions potentially have moving forward, starting with this game against the Steelers? I think these next few weeks for the Lions are gigantic because they've got the one healthy quarterback in the division that you expected to be the quarterback or was the quarterback when the season started. This game against the Steelers is huge for them because it's a toss-up game. Then you've got Green Bay to follow on Monday night. And, you know, we saw Green Bay last week. This is certainly not the same team without Aaron Rodgers. No surprise to anybody. Then they follow with Cleveland and Chicago. So this is a nice stretch where if they can get this win Sunday night against the Steelers, they'll go into Green Bay, which is a wounded animal right now, And then we know about the Browns and the Bears, a really big opportunity for the Lions before they go into that Thanksgiving matchup with Minnesota to have a surge midseason. But it's going to come down to finding that balance again between the passing game and the running game, and they've got to do it against a Steelers defense that has shown, as I mentioned, a little bit of shakiness against the run, but that's, that's, that's that's really the only issue that that Steelers defense seems to have had for most of this year. Do you think Matthew Stafford will be able to handle the pressure of this defense uh, that's gotten much, much better uh, every single week uh, when playing in the National Football League and the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, I, how, how are his tight ends going to play Cordell? Because that, to me, is one of the big things that he, he's going to have to have somebody to release quickly to. And Eric Ebron, Darren Fells have both had some good moments this year. But is without Golden Tate, is Stafford going to be able to handle that pressure by finding those tight ends? Is somebody else going to step up a wide receiver? And again, a good run game can take a lot of pressure 
off of you from a from a passing standpoint, as you well know. And if they could just get that run game going, and I think Theo Riddick and Amir Abdullah are talented enough to do it. If they could just get that run game going, that in and of itself could release a lot of that pressure on Matthew Stafford. Kevin, like most folks in sports media, you have a few jobs. You also call college games for Big Ten Network. So as we wrap it up, we know that Saquon Barkley has been incredible for Penn State. Time to hand him the Heisman. As we think about our path to the draft, do you think he's going to be a Pro Bowl caliber running back in the NFL? I do. I think he's he's one of the best running backs I've ever seen in person. And I've had the chance over the years, both as a fan and as a media member for the last couple of decades, to see a lot of really talented running backs at both the college and pro level. And I'm, he's fantastic. I, you know, you never, you never know completely about running backs because how much tread is left on the tire, how durable are they. But he has shown an incredible amount of durability, and he's shown an intense ability to get better over the course of his career. He was not a super fast guy when he came out. He was fast enough, but he's gotten faster. He's gotten stronger. He works extremely hard. He's a great kid. And I think he's an unbelievably talented running back. You know, you talk to anybody. We were just talking with Michigan coaches earlier today for our game on Big Ten tomorrow, and they, of course, had to deal with Saquon Barkley last week. And to a man, they just talked about how fast he is, how much faster he is in person even than he shows up on tape. Uh, I think he's got a real good chance to be a Pro Bowl caliber back for many, many years in this league. I, I think he's a tremendous talent. And there's going to be a lot of teams clamoring to get him to help out their run game next year. Kevin, as always, we appreciate the time. Have a great call on Sunday night. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. Tune in puts you on the sidelines for the 2017 college football season free all year long. With college football on TuneIn, hear the home and away calls for more than 100 schools live, regular season matchups and rivalry games, conference championships and bowl games, the college football playoff in January. You can listen to it all for free. At home, on campus, or in rival territory, hear the excitement and pageantry of college football all season long, free on TuneIn. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Now it's time for the fantasy analysis you need to win your fantasy football league with the Fantasy Fix. Fantasy football has become a major reality for millions of fans. Makes him off to the 30. He's gone. He's gone. What a move. It takes skill to win your fantasy championship, separating the zeros. He goes to the near side, and it's picked up. From the fantasy heroes. Down the middle, it's caught over the shoulder in the end zone. Buckle up your chin strap for the fantasy fix. Always fun to talk fantasy football with Dennis Farrell, fantasy football geekly. Dennis, as always, we appreciate the time watching last night on NFL Network. A nation learned that Alex Collins of the Ravens says he's gotten better at football thanks to Irish dancing. I don't know what the real answer is, but he was solid last night. 18 carries, buck 13 on the ground. Are you buying Collins moving forward? You you might as well at this point, guys. If you look at it, it's dwindling down to there's not much out there on the waiver wire. So if you catch a guy that caught a little bit of lightning, sure. But the Irish dancing has not helped my fantasy advice. So maybe it's only NFL stuff. Have you tried it, though? In candor, have you tried to mix it up a little bit? Because, Dennis, we all could find assistance anywhere out there. 
I'll be honest, maybe uh, alone in my bedroom with nobody watching. <laughs> I think we've all tried it once during the river dance craze, but outside of that, I say no. Is Mark Ingram's value going to hold with Adrian Peterson going, or was he showing on Sunday an outlier? Oh, look, this is a guy that's had double-digit fantasy points in every single game this season. He's just blowing up the last two games. So with that being said, yeah, this this guy is super consistent. He's got nothing but prime matchups outside Buffalo, and I think he's got Carolina who are in the top five and run defenses against fantasy. Outside of that, you've got Washington, Atlanta, the Jets, and Tampa Bay. It's only going to get better for Mark Ingram from here on out. Fantasy analysis from our friend Dennis Farrell, Fantasy Football Geekly. Dennis, on this program, when it comes to Cam Newton, we've been talking about his interaction with the media. On Monday, the fallout from that debacle on the road in Chicago. Bears coming away with a pair of defensive touchdowns. We're looking at the Sunday divisional matchup against Tampa Bay. Historically, if you look at the trends, Cam's played well against Tampa. So what's the fantasy outlook for Newton on the road at Tampa Bay? Boy, outside of what he's done the last couple weeks, minus the Chicago debacle, here's a guy that put up 33 points against some bad defenses, New England, Detroit, and Philadelphia. So I think I think he's just going to be one of those guys that against bad defenses, he's going to continue to have a field day. Against good defenses, I'll be a little bit worried. He's still a guy that should get you between 15 and 17 points, which is a low end for fantasy football, depending on your scoring. But he'll have a couple 23 to 33-point games here on out. But, you know, until he gets 100% healthy, this is what we have to expect out of him. Even though Carlos Hyde has truly been the, the piece that worked, but with injuries as of lately, hadn't been really that good. But after two or three weeks being really slow, are you just avoiding Carlos Hyde at this point? No, we can go back to the Alex Collins comment. Uh, right now, running backs are at a premium. And if you get Carlos Hyde, sure, he's now solidified himself as an RB2 in, in any rankings. He's got a decent schedule coming forward for him. So, you know, he's going to be a guy that continuously will get reps, and that's what you're looking for for a running back. He's Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber. Friday Fantasy Fix from Dennis Farrell, Fantasy Football Geekly. Dennis, as we think about the Packers on the bye, owners have a chance now to weigh the pros and cons of what they want to do with Green Bay players coming up. Aaron Jones has become the featured back. At this point, if somebody owns Ty Montgomery, is that a mistake? Should you put him on the waiver wire? I'm not dropping him. We don't know outside of Aaron Jones what he's going to do. One fumble, he could see the bench. He's a you know a young kid. He's been hot, sure. But if you look at what Ty Montgomery did, he, nobody was hotter in the first three weeks of the season than he was. He posted 19, 29, and 13 fantasy points. He was on his way in week four to a big day against Chicago, five for 28. He breaks the ribs. And they do say in football, what, no one loses their job because of an injury. I think this could be one of those cases where they're slowly working him back. He came back with 10 touches the first week he was back. The second week, I think he only had four. That was a little bit concerning. But if you go way of trying not to rush him back, I think he'll be all right. He won't be first three weeks, but he'll be somebody like a Tevon Coleman where you could plug him in your flex once he becomes 100%. Dennis, who would you say is the big play receiver with the Saints? Is it Ginn, Snead at some point? Or Mike, Michael Thomas? Right now, you still have to roll with Michael Thomas. As long as Snead is out, and it sounds like he's playing this week, Ginn is going to be the guy. But if Snead's in, it's not going to be Snead until he puts up a big game. And until when that happens, he's on my bench. But Ginn, 
it's one of those, you know, catch-22s. If Sneed's in, Ginn's not worthy of a fantasy scenario to start. If Sneed's out, neither one of them are. Michael Thomas is the only guy I'm, I'm looking at right now. Getting you set for another Sunday filled with fantasy football implications with Dennis Farrell, Fantasy Football Geekly. Dennis, we've talked about your approach in the past, and you try to have a balance between data-driven analysis and using your mind. Nothing wrong with gut, especially now with computers running the world, but that's my commentary. How do you factor in the London presence? Because we know wild things have happened Think about what happened earlier this year. The Saints came up with a shutout against Miami. Miami's been lousy, but that was the Saints' first shutout since 2012. Blake Bortles looked like a Hall of Famer. What does it mean when a game is played in the U.K. from the fantasy point of view? It scares me. It scares me, you know, West Coast games where you see an East Coast team go to the West Coast. I mean, Cordell can even talk about that from being an actual NFL player opposed to me who just looks at it on the TV and computer, but... So when you have to travel long distances, it messes with a team. I don't know why. Uh, that's beyond my understanding, but it does. The London games are, are hit or miss, whether who you're going to start. It, I guess out of that whole thing, it's Cleveland, so I'm not starting anybody on Cleveland if they even make the trip personally. It's just such a bad fantasy offensive team. But Miami's defense, Murray, McKinnon, uh, you know, I would sit Stefan Diggs right now, who is questionable, but that's too early of a game to risk playing a guy who could miss it. So take him out of your lineups now just to be safe. You're probably going to oversleep, or it'll be, you know, 935, and you realize, oh no, is Diggs playing or not? And you just want to avoid that. We know the Dallas Cowboys, especially on the offensive side of football. Uh, would love to have quality balance, starting with the running game, little play-action pass, and get Dak Prescott involved. But is there a player in the entire NFL to own uh, than Ezekiel Elliott right now? Boy, Todd Gurley maybe? Uh, you know, this guy, they finally figured out how to use him. Uh, Todd Gurley, if you look at his last year's stats, was borderline waiver-wire worthy. You look at what he's done this week, and he's only had two down weeks, and that's against Jacksonville and Seattle in week five and six. Other than that, He's posting 20 to 30-point fantasy weeks. Uh, you can make a case for Kareem Hunt right now, who's kind of in the same boat. Only what He's had double-digit points every single week, and finally Le'Veon Bell coming on. But with Ezekiel Elliott's court case, and hopefully this is the last leg that we have to suffer through, you may be safer with the Todd Gurley's and the Kareem Hunt's. But uh, if, if that court case was not on, Ezekiel Elliott would be the guy I would want. Dennis, as always, we appreciate the information. As we say goodbye, let our listeners know all the details about Fantasy Football Geekly. Well, it's a weekly podcast where we try to entertain you and educate you at the same time. We don't talk down to you. You're part of the show. It's a different approach than most fantasy shows that you listen to where everybody tries to be the smartest guy in the room. The information's out there for everybody to see. I'm just trying to deliver it in a uh, humorous way. Okay. Plus, my act is being the smartest guy in the room, so I already have a patent on that, Dennis. Finally, because I know you're a pop culture maven, and we were talking about (laughs) dancing. Could be before your time, but go with it. Solid Gold, American Bandstand, Soul Train. Best dance party show of those three. Soul Train had the best intro. I mean... Even now, when you think of dance shows, it's Soul Train. So you kind of have to go with Soul Train, right? 
You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. Stay up to date on the latest news as it happens on TuneIn. There are 70,000 people at risk of another life-threatening situation. From American politics to global events, get live 24-7 coverage with some of the top news media outlets in the world, including CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News Radio. And when breaking news hits, TuneIn keeps you updated with up-to-the-minute reports and analysis on the biggest stories of the day. What a moment. Absolutely. So let's get right to it. Here's our starting line. Day or night, get live news coverage from around the world on TuneIn. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we close out NFL No Huddle, the podcast, it's time for Cordell and I to tell you what we are more than sure is going to happen on the field on Sunday. It takes a unique ability to navigate the topsy-turvy National Football League. Drop down, get your eagle on on this one. A special vision to find clarity in an always changing sport. I was wrong. Brian and Cordell aren't just sure about their perspectives. They are more than sure. I'm more than sure. We have three and a half minutes to get this done, and I know we will realize our ambition. Five and two Minnesota, winless Cleveland and London, Minnesota enough said, right? You're going to pick the Vikings, I presume. You got that right. Go Keep ahead. on moving. Three and four <laughs> Oakland without Marshawn Lynch on the road at four and two Buffalo. I'll take the Bills. How about you? I'll go with the Bills on that one as well. Two and five Indy on the road at two and four Cincinnati. Bengals dealing with their own issues. Joe Mixon's not happy, but everybody's beating the Colts. I'll take Cincinnati at home. How about you? I'm going with the Colts on this one. Three and four Chargers on the road at five and two New England. Both teams have won three consecutive games. I'm taking the Bolts in an upset. Chargers, my pick. How about you? You will be upset. New England's going to beat them down pretty darn good. I like New England. Three and four Chicago on the road at four and two New Orleans. Saints have come alive. They've won four straight. They keep it going. I'll take the Saints at home. How about you? The Bears, I think the physicality of what they do on both sides of the football overwhelm the New Orleans Saints there in the dome. I'm going with the Mitchell Trubisky guy, the Chicago Bears. Three and three Atlanta. They have lost three consecutive games on the road at the three and four New York Jets. I'll take the Falcons to save their season on the road. How about you? I'm going with the Jets to destroy the Falcons' season. I think the Falcons will not rebound. I think the Jets are playing. What do we have to lose football? I think they play good. They get the win. Game green. Let's go. Winless San Francisco 0-7 matching up with the best team in terms of record and talent. Philadelphia, the most complete team in all of football. They're six and one. Eagles big. How about you? Jed York, the mastermind, don't get another win this week. I'm going with the Eagles. 4-3 Carolina. They've lost two straight on the road at 2-4 Tampa Bay. Bucks have lost three consecutive mm. games. Tough for me to pick this one, but mm. I've been wrong about Tampa Bay every week, so I'm <laughs> going to ride with them. Tampa Bay at home. How about you? I'm going with the Panthers in this one. I think they rebound and uh, – Beat the Tampa Bay, but I think Tampa Bay there's just no courage, no, no, no confidence whatsoever. Two late games, three and three Houston and four and two Seattle. I'll take Seattle at home. How about you? I'm going with Houston in wow. this one. I think Deshaun, Deshaun Watson going the road with this defense and these receiving core. I think they play with this offense that's play against this offense that's struggling in Seattle and get this win on the road. I'm going with Houston. Three and three Dallas on the road at three and three Washington renewing their rivalry. I like the Cowboys on the road. How about you? I'm going, with, I'm going with the Cowboys. Okay, and then Sunday Night Football, 5-2 Pittsburgh. 
Matching up with 3-3 three and three Detroit Lions come off the bye that game to be played at Ford Field. I think the Steelers go to 6-2. and two. Thank you for listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast on iTunes with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Listen live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern by downloading the TuneIn app and searching NFL No Huddle. The National Football League is on. Tune in your everything audio app.